We are and always will be a nation of immigrants. This is my country, my damn country. Give me my country, you can keep the rest. Old men and women yearning for freedom and opportunity who leave their homelands and come to a new country to start their lives over. We were strangers once too. My country, my damn country. Give me my country. Hello, 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 aliens and allies. Your friendly Russian is here. This is We the Aliens podcast. And I'm your host, Sasha Kapustina. Happy Shark Week, everyone! For those of you listening from abroad who have no idea what Shark Week is, I also didn't. I grew up in Russia. We have the Russia Day, the Protectors of Motherland Day, and Women's Day. That's it. In the U.S., there's a day for everything. There's Siblings Day, which is okay. But then there's Donuts Day. And Candy Day. There's Squirrel Appreciation Day, which I missed. And I didn't appreciate my squirrel. It was August 9th. But I always appreciate the squirrels. But I'm digressing. Back to Shark Week. Turns out that, like so many things in our culture, it is a brood of marketing. But I think I can get behind this one. So originally, it was an annual week-long block of programming, a bunch of documentaries about sharks that first appeared on Discovery Channel in 1988. Here's some trivia for you. And of course, in the era of social media, it blew up. And it could be just another reason to pollute the internet with more memes and selfies that would annoy the hell out of me because I'm a bad millennial and selfies are not my natural way of expression. But you know what? Anything that draws attention to nature and the environment and the need to protect it, I'm in. So Shark Week it is. And now I'm actually annoyed that I missed the Squirrel Appreciation Day. So next year, for sure. Because here's the thing. People are terrified of sharks. And it's sad and it's wrong because it is the fear that is dangerous. Because not only it impacts our lives, preventing some of us from enjoying the ocean, uh, like me, for years I wouldn't get in. Got over that, by the way. So... It is possible. But more importantly, that fear prevents us from caring to protect the sharks. And this is the real problem. So to celebrate our ancient relatives, I talked to Kinga Phillips, who is a writer, producer, and TV host. You've seen her on Discovery Channel, on Travel Channel, on National Geographic, and all over the place. If you missed the first part of my interview with Kinga, find it in your podcast feed and check it out. Kinga is also a conservationist and a shark lover. She is on board of Shark Allies, an organization dedicated to protecting the sharks and growing awareness around the cause. So no better person to chat about sharks than Kinga. Sharks? Oh, my God. Are you afraid of sharks? I'm not now, but I used to be, which is what got me interested in them. But now I love them, but I maintain a very healthy respect for them as apex predators, which is how it should be. That makes total sense to me. So how did you go from being afraid of them to not being afraid of them? How do you do that? 
like most children, I saw the movie Jaws when I was really little and I was actually not allowed to see it, but I went over to my friend's house and they had it and I watched it and I remember like my whole world changed. I was like, well, this is the most terrifying thing on the planet. I can never go in water ever again. Ever again. The swimming pool is off limits. I wouldn't go in swimming pools. I stopped going and I used to love going in the ocean, going in lakes. We used to always vacation in Florida. I stopped going into any water where I couldn't see the bottom. When we would go to Florida for our yearly vacations, I wouldn't go in the water. And my parents were like, what is happening? You used to be, you know, loved it and now you won't. But I couldn't tell them because I didn't want them to get mad that I had seen the movie. (laughs) So I was just like, no, I don't really feel like going in the ocean. Um, Oh my God. But eventually I started getting really curious because I thought, okay, I have this monster in my head and I'm really terrified of this, but I really love the water. I have to figure out this balance. And so I thought, okay, it's actually getting interesting why I'm so afraid of this animal. And then I started researching it and learning that everything that I believe to be true about this crazy, vicious, man-eating monster that all it wants is to eat human beings and seeks us out and is just waiting at every beach going, whoa, ha, 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 let the swimmers come, was completely false. And that started to fascinate me. And then I thought, well, this is a real underdog story. Here you have this animal that is an apex predator, that is a keystone species, that is so important to the health of reefs, our oceans, the open water, the pelagic space. And we are slaughtering them at this alarming rate. And yet when it comes to our interactions with them, yes, there are tragic incidents. One just happened in Maine a few days ago. But they're so small in scale. Roughly six people on average are killed by sharks across the entire world. We kill 100 million plus sharks every year. 100 million, mostly just for shark fin soup. So that discrepancy, I started Whoa. thinking, right? That's cr- it's crazy to think that. And then I started thinking, I was like, okay, I understand the primal fear of being in the water, which is already not our element as human beings, yeah. and having this gigantic monster fish with these razor sharp teeth. And I understand the primal effect of that. But when you start going down the list of what kills more people every year than sharks, it starts to become hilarious. I mean, don't even talk to me about like domestic dogs. Our dogs that we love and we pet and we dress in sweaters and sleep in our beds with us kill so many more people than sharks do every year. You know, vending machines, toilets, people falling out of bed, (laughs) selfies for all the... So technically, Instagram kills more people every year than sharks. (laughs) So it's just... And and again, I understand the primal nature of what they are, but it became this like huge discrepancy over why are people so terrified of these animals, which by the way, most people, you know, I would say the majority of the world's population does not spend a significant amount of time in the ocean. So what are you so worried about? They're not going to come out, walk into your backyard and, and chew you up while you're barbecuing a burger. I think Spielberg needs to do another movie about sharks to kind of to fix this situation because i think universally all over the world jaws has done this just put fear in everybody yeah it's you never meet the shark i lived i grew up in russia there are no sharks inland (laughs) inland in moscow like there's no ocean there's no sea anywhere like, I was afraid to go into the pool. I was afraid to go into the river. Um, 
and yeah, that fear, he, he needs to do something about it. We need to start um, uh, a campaign to encourage Steven Spielberg to make a, another unjaw. And Jaws. And this is Jaws. But isn't that crazy, the psychology behind it, that you, growing up in Moscow, far, far from the ocean, inland, had a fear of animals that couldn't potentially harm you in, in that space? You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's uncanny. But when you think about the progression from Jaws, sharks have appeared in so many Hollywood movies. They have appeared in, you know, TV shows. It's almost never in a positive light. And we, as the organization that I work with, Shark Allies, which is founded by Stephanie Brendel, we talk about a lot of facets of the, the human-shark relationship and why sharks are so important. But one of the interesting things that, that I always speak to as someone who's worked in the media for such a long time is how sharks are portrayed in media and how we as humans have started to associate them with, with the devil. And a lot of that has to do with every time, every time, even if you're watching a nature show, when sharks come on screen... You rarely have like happy do 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 do. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say ta ta. Yes, yes, and that there's a lot of psychology to that. So when people start to associate sharks with that kind of like creepy, scary music, you start to see them as these like evil things. Whereas like anytime dolphins are on screen or like sea lions, it's like do 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 do, yeah. do. and people are like dolphins. <laughs> I love dolphins, which is which is great, but it does paint this picture of these animals as like they're sitting there in the ocean, just like, please, someone come in and surf. Please, someone come in and swim. I want to eat you. I want to eat you. So, yeah. and that's, that's not the case, you know, and I, I've been in the water with sharks so many times and I can tell you firsthand that they really just don't care. They don't. <laughs> so what are those things that uh, you for yourself realized that were untrue? Besides the fact that they're not like sitting there and waiting to eat us, like what were the important things to know for you to undo the fear? Well, I think one of the the big things that I started to learn about sharks is how important they are to an healthy ecosystem. And as apex predators and as a keystone species, they are truly. What does it mean? A apex predator. Apex predators are the the top predators in the food chain. So sharks are the the biggest fish on the reef. So they are the ones that are at the top of the food chain. So oh, they okay. are eating all the other fish, which is a very, so they are like bears or wolves or lions, which are all apex predators, which are all okay. keystone species. And keystone species means that it's an animal whose mere existence and how it operates in the environment is significant to all the life around it. So if you went to a reef and you killed off all the sharks, you're you're going to destroy that reef because the sharks are necessary there to to keep a balance. And like we know in nature, everything is balanced. And usually we as humans come in and we completely destroy that because we're like, yep. we're, we're going to kill all these animals, whether they're prey animals or predators. And then we mess up the balance. And all of a sudden in places around the world, you have these explosions of jellyfish that are clogging fishermen's nets and, you know, clogging boat engines. And people are like, why is this happening? And then you realize that somewhere in the delicate balance of the ecosystem, we ruined one of the steps and suddenly we have this explosion of a species that would otherwise be kept in check by something else that we probably made a mess of. So that learning how important they were, that they weren't just an animal that were like, we don't like them, they're scary, get rid of them. That actually wouldn't work. We would destroy the oceans. And then I kind of also really liked the idea that they were such underdogs, that they're not pandas, you know, look at this cute little fluffy thing that's black and white and adorable or a koala bear. 
they just, they're not cute and they're not warm and fuzzy and they're not, you're not going to cuddle a shark and scratch its little head. They're not those animals, but they deserve our respect regardless. And then of course, the final hit beat for me was, I remember going and being in the water with them and just imagining, because that's what I had ever seen on any kind of TV show, is that the moment I got in the water, the sharks would be right there and be like, how can I get her? How can I get her? How can I get her? And being in the water with them and seeing how calm they are is is amazing. And are they predators? Yes. Am I going to swim up and cling to them? Which some people do. It drives me insane. No. You, you give them their space. Could they, in fact, hurt or kill you? Absolutely. Would a bear, a lion, an elephant... Absolutely. And we love those animals. Could a panda kill you? Yeah, it could. Absolutely. So if, you know, you can't say I hate this animal because it could kill me because then you quite frankly have to kill every animal on this planet and and hate them. But to be in the water with these sharks and even when they do come by and investigate and like watch you, it's not this aggressive, how can I get a bite in? It's, oh, what are you? And, and there are techniques for being in the water with them that keep you safe, keeping your eye on them, not turning your back. I mean, it's it's similar things that I would tell you if you encountered a bear in the wild. You know, it's predators. Yeah. <laughs> I, just to, for me, it's just like beyond me. Being, being around them still feels, uh, yeah, just like so outside my element but i i've always had this fascination and respect for because they're one of the most ancient species around mm -hmm. they are and the fact that they've been here way way before us and they know something about how to survive and adapt although isn't it true that they haven't changed much they really haven't in millions of years, which to me is kind of like nature dropping the mic, makes a shark. And then it's like, well, perfection, done. <laughs> what else can I tweak? <laughs> they haven't in millions of years. Nature dropping a mic. That's, mm -hmm. that's true. So what are the main dangers to the sharks these days? I mean, besides just people in general. It really, it really is, as with most things, it's people in general, but it is, it is absolutely us overfishing the oceans. And so many sharks are taken as a delicacy for shark fin soup. They are taken as bycatch. In many places, the meat is eaten, which really isn't a good idea. As with any apex predator, especially in the ocean, you're going to have really high levels of mercury. It's not a good idea to be eating shark. It's unhealthy. Obviously, environmental issues with their habitats being destroyed, that's that's a problem as well. But realistically, the the main risk, and you know, they're also used in a lot of products. Their shark parts, shark squalene is used. Now cosmetic companies are moving much more in the direction of plant-based squalene because it's it's acceptable. But squalene, which is an oil that's extracted out of the shark, is a product that's used in like a lubricant for a lot of cosmetic products. If you looked in mm. your medicine cabinet, you would see squalene, I'm sure, in, in a lot of things. Um, so I think it's it's being where shark parts are sold. Shark fin soup is a delicacy in Asia. Um, pieces of sharks are are sold and consumed and shark hide. And it's, it's our human – we as humans are just – we're, we're – 
locusts on the planet and the things that we take in an abundance that is just unsustainable is really hard to witness. I mean, even right now, I don't know if you've been watching in the news. Lucia, stop. That's the dog. She gets her name is Landshark. Lucia, by the way. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so she was she was getting very upset about the shark conversation. But in, right now, off of the Galapagos, right off of the marine protected area, there are almost 300 Chinese fishing vessels sitting and waiting at the boundary of the park and just annihilating and harvesting all the species that come out of there. And the Galapagos is one of the most biodiverse areas in the world and one of the best concentrations of of shark species. And those sharks migrate. Animals don't know where there are park boundaries. They're not like, oh, you can't cross over here, we'll get fished. So these Chinese fishing vessels are sitting on the edge of the park and basically just waiting for animals to come out. And then there's also reports that at night they are sending vessels into the park to, to continue fishing. And they have big processing ships, ship refrigerated ships where they can basically process these animals and, and take them. God. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I know that your organization has done a lot in terms of advancing the shark cause uh in the u.s is there anything that can be done internationally is there what's going on well it's so we've started when stephanie brendel started shark allies in 2010 she became instrumental in creating the first ban in the united states in the state of hawaii that banned the sale trade and possession of shark fins and stephanie and laurel were so busy and continue to be busy in Florida to get that same bill passed. Since 2010, other other states have enacted that. But still, in the United States, there are states in this country where you can go and get a bowl of shark fin soup. Now, on a small scale, okay, don't, don't love it. But our biggest issue is the fact that we have ports in the United States, Florida being a big one, where even though finning the act of cutting off a shark's fins and throwing back into the ocean just to die, which is horrific, that is illegal, but the shark fin trade passing through our ports is not illegal. So what we're trying to do in Florida now is to ban the sale and and trade of shark fins so that they're not going through our ports to Asia. So we systematically shut down that progression. And then, you know, we've been talking about going out on a larger scale and international scale to start to create that movement as well. But a big part of it is honestly, it's, it's awareness. And as Kind of like sometimes I get frustrated with the word, word awareness because it seems like yeah. you just want to tell people about it and there's not much action on the back end. But I think so many people still don't understand that this is happening in our country, that we are facilitators in it, and how many of these animals are being destroyed every year for something as as ridiculous as shark fin soup. It's and crazy. I- it is crazy. And, and I'll add this. I say ridiculous and I don't feel bad about it because people go, oh, well, it's culture. Oh, it's culture. Shark fin soup is culture. And my response is always, that's interesting because so is female genital mutilation. So was slavery at some point. So was foot binding. Human beings have done a lot of really nasty stuff under the guise of culture. And I don't accept culture as an excuse to destroy species, many of which are endangered. So I, I don't accept, oh, well, that's just a cultural thing in Asia, shark fin soup. Then evolve and change your culture before you annihilate an entire species. Yeah, it was maybe okay when there was, you know, a hundred humans, a few thousand humans around, and there were way, way more sharks, and they could procreate and re recreate and maintain the species. Now there's 
way too many of us and it's impossible to for them to keep up yeah basically what happened with mammoths with woolly mammoths they were killed off by people because it's a great source of you know meat and uh, could feed a village but it takes a long time for a mammoth it's they have long pregnancy they need to grow for a long time so basically over time the population was shrinking 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 and there you go there's no mammoths exactly and they were cute they were super kinda. cute they were, they were cute. woolly <laughs> fuzzy but we you know it's not just mammoths like over over the course of human existence we have brought so many species to extinction and to the brink of extinction and right. it, it, we do as humans have the responsibility to evolve at some point because right now there are nearly 8 billion of us on this planet this planet can't sustain that and we are we are a species that you know consumes and uses and creates waste in unbelievable quantities and we we have to address that and so for anyone who talks about climate change not existing or oh it's fine you know we don't we don't see what's under the ocean so we don't really care i think that's why the ocean gets pillaged and, and plundered so much because people just don't see what's down there. And uh, we have to, as humans, really like stand together because the existence of these animals and their success is going to be reflected in our existence and our success. If we wipe off all these animals and all these creatures that support the environment, we're next. Oh, yeah. It's it's just the most terrifying thing. Everything that we're, we do, bees, and this has to become a priority politically and for people for people it's not just a cause anymore it's yeah. a matter of survival of the entire system everybody yeah, yeah. them and us yeah because we're part of the system so if we break a part of the system the system's going to collapse terrifying so what should we know and what should everybody do to help the cause of sharks on a daily basis? That's a really good question. And, you know, the cause of sharks is also the greater cause, the cause of oceans. So, you know, one thing is to seek out, if you're really passionate about it, you can seek out organizations like Shark Allies and see how you can help on, on a larger scale. On an everyday scale, you know, something as simple as going through your medicine cabinet and your, your beauty stuff and looking at the ingredients and making sure that everything is responsibly sourced. And mm -hmm. squalene is a big ingredient, but there are others that we list on our website, Shark Allies, of things mm -hmm. to look for in ingredients of products that you buy as cosmetics and as food that, you know, just don't support them. We all, you yeah. know, we've all heard the phrase, you vote with your dollar. And that's so yes. true. And then of course, you know, when, when I'm traveling to Asia, there's just certain things I won't partake in and there's certain things that I won't support. So if you go into a restaurant and they are serving shark fin soup, don't order it. Don't, don't eat in that restaurant. You know, I think that that movement of showing people we're not okay with this mm -hmm. is, is the way to go. And they're, there are places to support. There are charters, outfitters that you can support or not support. And by charters and outfitters, I mean there are boats that you can take if you want to go fishing or if you mm -hmm. want to go scuba diving. And some of them are really dedicated to conservation and environmentalism and being green, and some just don't care. So sorting that's a great one to know as somebody as as you travel mm -hmm. to watch out to what the company does. Yeah, besides oh. their business. 
Absolutely. And that is beyond sharks. You know, in in certain parts of Africa, there was a big problem for a while because they started to understand that tourists really lean towards sanctuaries or rescues. So they started calling places sanctuaries and rescues. And instead, what they were doing was breeding lion cubs and, and letting people take pictures with them. There was no sanctuary. There was no rescue. These animals were just bred and abused. You know, we've hmm. all been at this point, but they were trying to bamboozle people with language like sanctuary or rescue. So, and I have some friends who are good big time conservationists who were bamboozled by this. And after the fact went, oh my God, I would have never gone there had I known. So it's so important to check if you are going on a safari, if you are going on a shark dive, if you are going to a rescue or rehabilitation or sanctuary to actually check these places and their credentials and make sure that they are what they say they are. And they're not just breeding exotic animals for you to take a photo with and that they're treating these animals well. That's super, super important. Same thing elephant sanctuaries. That's, That's another big one in Asia where they have elephant sanctuaries and there's no sanctuary element in it whatsoever. They are just breeding and abusing elephants to give people rides. So people should be very, very aware of that. So Mm. there's stuff you can do in your travels. There's stuff that you can do in your own home and, you know, keeping a positive attitude about sharks that when you have conversations with people and people are like, I hate sharks. They're so scary. If you're educated, you can say, well, why, you know, they're, they're beautiful animals. So lots of things to be done. Yeah, definitely. Uh, thank you so much. I mean, this is, it would never occur to me some of these things. Is there anything else we can think of right now? I think doing research, research is kind of, is a bit of a lost art these days, but that. Yeah, that alone, well, people don't, don't go and do that. <laughs> they really don't. They, they don't go and do research, but being a responsible citizen in any way from, you know, what, what the food you eat and where it's sourced. Oh, this is another important one that a lot of people don't realize. When you go to the grocery store and you buy fish, a lot of fish is mislabeled. So in the UK, for instance, white fish and flake was often just a generic label. And in fact, it was shark. So there have been a lot of, yeah, so they would, they would, cause shark is caught as bycatch very often. And then they're like, oh, it's meat, it's white, white fish. And so fish and chips in the UK would often turn out to be shark. And even if you go to our grocery stores here in the United States, fish is not always labeled as accurately as it should be, which is then an issue because if you were trying to source fish that are healthy populations that are wild caught, that, you know, are taken in season that's hard. The Monterey Bay Aquarium actually has a really great app that's called Seafood Watch that tells you what species of fish you should be eating and in what season because that matters. Because there are certain fish that are legal to be sold, but their populations are in such decline. Oh, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. I'll send you a link to that app. Yeah, I'm definitely going to I'm going to put it in the show notes so that people can download that app. Because that's the thing, like, And that's one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this, because we all kind of know that it's important to keep the oceans healthy. But like, what do you do? There's so much that you need to be doing, so much you need to worry about that. And there's so much information out there that navigating those things. So like now we know that there's an app to watch out what fish to eat and what not. And then the labeling of food in the United States is a whole separate can of worms. Sure is. 
Um, I don't even know. I'm going to have to find somebody who is in that world to talk to them about this because as somebody who came to the States from outside and gained uh, 10 pounds in the first year, uh, I was like, what, what, what's wrong? What am I eating? I'm eating the same things I have always eaten. I haven't changed my diet in a vi visible way, but clearly the products that I'm buying are not what they are no. saying. No. It's, it's, you're eating the same foods that are, you know, called meat, eggs, yeah. whatever, but what's in that food here in the United States, and I'm not an expert by any means, but I follow this for my own health and, yeah. and you know, just being a, a conscious human, but learning about the preservatives, the hormones, the antibiotics, like everything that our food is filled with and how it is processed is honestly disgusting and terrifying. And I'm, I'm not a vegan. I eat meat, but also for ethical reasons and for reasons of just wanting to know what I'm eating. For instance, we started spear fishing. We don't buy fish anymore. All the fish that we eat, we take ourselves because with spear fishing, you're actually in the environment. You see the fish. You see how healthy the reef is. You know what, what the season is. You're only going to take like a fish to feed yourself. And you know exactly what that fish is. Because it frustrates me from a health standpoint, from you know a, an environmental standpoint, to not to be bamboozled into buying something that I don't know that I'm buying or to be eating something that I don't know how it lived, how it died, how it was processed, what it was fed. It's just, it's scary. It is. It is. And yeah, I mean, we can't all spear fish, but. <laughs> no, but we can ask more questions or we can be more aware about where our food comes from. You know, yeah. farmers markets are great. Getting fresh eggs or fresh meat from a farmer's market as opposed to a, a major grocery store chain. Or there are certain grocery stores which are just better about it than others. And again, I understand that there's a cost element to that, that, there's, mm. that there are definite factors and roadblocks for some people. But even on the tiniest scale, people can make a difference. Yeah. It is crazy how eating healthy is kind of almost like an elitist thing. Not so, kind of and not almost. It It is. Yeah. Uh, again. And, and it shouldn't be that way. Like we're, we're basically saying you need to pay more money for us not to pump your food full of crap. Like how is that, you know, when you, when you scale back time and you realize like there was a time when people, all people did, every, the world was a big farmer's market, right? Like people- yeah planted their crops, they harvested their animals, and it was organic, free-range, non-GMO, natural, naturally, because that's all you had. And yeah. now you have to pay a premium not to have a bunch of shit crammed into your food. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Totally. And again, Russia's a little behind with all the all the added stuff. So growing up, like, milk is milk. There's one one brand of milk, and it is milk. And I, when I first came to the States and I w walked into this grocery store, first of all, there's like 20 different milks, including almond and whatever, and that's not even milk. And then it says organic. And I was like, how can milk be non-organic? Is it like made of chalk? Like milk comes from, <laughs> it's an organic thing. But of course, organic has a whole different meaning here. Um, but yeah. Well, 
I think this was really informative about sharks and overall environment as humans. Um, I'm going to put all the links to the Shark Alley's uh, website and encourage everybody to go and look at sharks. And there's some shark art that you can purchase. Mm-hmm. And uh, just get comfortable with sharks. <laughs> That's what I think. I like that. All right. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Kinga. Thank you, Sasha. That's it for today. I hope it was fun. I'm putting the links to Shark Allies and Seafood Watch app in show notes. Tune in on Thursday for part three of my conversation with Kinga, where we talk about social media. Please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave us a review. Follow us on social media. Share this episode with your friends. Celebrate Shark Week. Wink, wink. And remember, we're here to stay. We'll find our way. Thank you for listening, aliens. Love you all. Peace.